Welcome to No More Mondays, the podcast that helps you navigate career challenges through the wisdom of professionals who have been at the same crossroads. I'm your host, Angie Callen, and I welcome you to join me each week as I chat with leaders, entrepreneurs, and employees who are here to share practical, tactical advice and some inspiration on how they arrived at career satisfaction. From job searching and career changes to going out on your own, we're breaking down barriers and providing actionable takeaways to help you take charge of your Mondays and ditch the Sunday blues. Welcome to the No More Mondays movement. Hello, everybody, and welcome to No More Mondays. I am your host, Angie Callen. Branding. It's a hot topic among both businesses and job seekers today, and I'm sure you've either asked yourself or been part of a conversation that sounds a little something like, what's a brand? What's my personal brand? Why do I need a personal brand? Ah, well, never fear. We are going to resolve all of your burning questions and so much more as Sierra Denise and I dig into all things branding and marketing, whether you are a person or a business. Uh, This is going to be applicable to you. So keep on listening. We've got some branding to do. She's a marketing authority, funnel guru and branding aficionado. Sierra, welcome to No More Mondays. Angie, thank you so much. I am really excited to talk with you this morning. This is going to be fun. And we were kind of chatting before we started recording that we have similar affinities for kind of ranting on the Mm -hmm. topic of personal branding. So uh, get ready, everyone. You're about to yet have somebody else who has never ending opinions about everything here to tell you about all the personal branding things going on. But before we get there, let's get some context. Sierra, I'd love for you to tell everybody out there a little bit about you and your work in branding at Sierra Lynn Design. Oh, yes, absolutely. And like you said, this is such a fun topic to dive into. We're going to have such good rants together. You're going to have to hold me back because branding is not only my bread and butter as a brand and website and funnel designer, but it's something I'm so, so incredibly passionate about. I am a brand and website designer over at Sierra Lynn Design. I started my business designing websites and that quickly evolved into brand design and funnel design because those important pieces can't really be pulled apart from one another. There's something I believe uh, so many of us need, whether we're an entrepreneur or simply trying to build our platform of authority in the online space to share more of our message with what we do. So I help a lot of coaches and service pros build their personal brands online so that they can show up in a way that attracts their dream people to them. Oh, that's a perfect elevator pitch. Well done. (laughs) Well, thank you. It actually was not planned. Perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Yay. You know, hey, just like intuitive brands, which we're going to talk about, a lot of times that elevator pitch is well done, best done when it's off the cuff and authentic. But just, I guess, out of, out of curiosity, how did you get into this? And like, what what's your background that you were doing kind of before you you created your own business? Yeah, definitely. I had a major career shift that I'm happy to talk more about as well, Angie. I was started in a nine to five world. I was a public school teacher for most of my career. That's where I was trained and what I Um, found myself in. And then when COVID happened and so many of our lives turned on their heads, I found myself teaching from home all this free time. What am I going to do? And I wanted to dive more into a passion I had always had for design more as a hobby. So I took that into a side hustle arena like so many of us start in. And that quickly grew and developed to my full time passion where I met today with my business. So we just now could have a completely different episode if you wanted to, because (laughs) I we've worked with. So I'm a teacher's kid. And uh, I even before the the pandemic really kind of exacerbated that shift in education that we're seeing, I started working with teachers who wanted to transition out of the classroom. And 
you know, definitely the pandemic is the straw that broke the camel's back. And there's been a huge movement on that front over the last three years. And so let's just go down that road for a quick second, because I, I know there's a teacher out there listening who's sitting there thinking, I really want to leave the classroom. I'm quote unquote, just a teacher. I can't do anything else. I'm a one trick pony. You know, all those limiting beliefs. How did like just in I would say in like a Reader's Digest snapshot, like tactically, how did you make this happen and how did you figure out what else to go do? What really helped me was learning. I was not good at this at first, but learning to be graceful with myself in allowing myself to explore and not know what I was going to do for a while. I knew it was something to do with design because that was a passion of mine. I've always had that creative bug. I used it in the classroom all the time, all the teachers listening or people who've been with teachers know you got to think on your feet. You got to think fast all the time and have creative ideas. But I took that small little piece that really could have turned into so many things. And I started trying things as, as a hobby, as a side hustle learning. And I let myself shift and evolve my personal brand, shift and evolve drastically and change over time um, to be where I'm at today, which was the best way to learn for me. Also doing it as a side hustle while I was teaching was wonderful because I didn't have to worry about a roof over my head. It can feel very scary when you're out there and you're like, just explore. And it's like, but I need money to pay rent. So I had that ability to do the side hustle exploration, which I think is such a a great step for so many of us. Well, and I think it's so interesting too, because teachers, if we, if we have some general, you know, make some generalizations here, uh, tend to really be organized, like to be in control and, ha- and, and you're used to a very established framework. And so that idea of going out and exploring and being uncomfortable and going into the unknown and not knowing exactly what this is going to look like or what even this is, Uh, is a a really big leap of faith. And it sounds like you allowed yourself to kind of trust that process a little bit. A hundred percent. And trusting that process was absolutely important. I think that is the Reader's Digest version I was trying for, Angie. Trust the process. (laughs) Oh, I say that too. There's at least a client or two out there listening who, when you get frustrated with your job search, how often have you heard me say, trust the process? And with teachers specifically, it isn't a short process, especially now that there is such a big shift in that space. And I think the the key message here is you have to trust the process, but you also kind of have to step out of your comfort zone and kind of explore how your skills and interests translate out of that very specific world you've always known, which is the classroom. Exactly. And so many of the skills that you have in your current situation, whether that is a nine to five traditional career, whether it's your current business where you're at right now, so many of those skills are much more transferable than you realize at the current moment. And you're not going to realize how much of those skills you're going to use in your new venture, whether that's a new career, a new business, until you get there. And that's a wonderful, beautiful thing. But really, I believe you don't know a lot of that until you're looking back. I look back every day and think, wow, education, my formal education training is such an integral part of my brand and my business. I couldn't do it without it, but I never thought that going into it. I was literally, you got, you were like a half step ahead of me because I'm sitting here thinking we are at the segue of, I'm (laughs) sure some of that, the, the educator in you is part of your brand as a designer and a marketer now. And so it's, it kind of almost comes full circle. It's not that that just ever gets left behind. You just use those things in a new way as you went through the process to kind of discover how that all comes together. 
Exactly, 100%. And if you're sitting here listening, thinking, well, that's wonderful, but if I'm trying to build a personal brand, how the heck am I supposed to know what wonderful transferable nuggets I have within me? That's okay, because a big part of the process, trusting the process, right, again, is figuring that out um, intuitively over time, I'll say. I know we'll talk more about that, Angie, but you don't have to know right now. I say that just as a weight off people's shoulders. It's not something you have to nail down and know, hey, this is my thing, what I'm known for. You hit the, I was literally sitting here thinking like, it's okay to go into the unknown a little bit. And even though it makes us squirm, it makes us uncomfortable and specifically, and, and, but it's, it's, it's a reality for anybody that's changing careers, teacher or otherwise, specifically teachers, I think struggle with it even more because you're used to having that very structured control. And so it really kind of pushes your boundaries, but very beautiful things can exist on that. We've all seen the meme. Growth doesn't happen in the comfort zone. And here you go, everybody. Sierra, living, breathing success story that you can change careers. You can change careers from education and that you can use your skills in a new way if you can get really creative and trust the process. So let's talk about how all I love that. This is not a way I thought we were going to start this conversation, but I actually kind of love it. We gave a whole lot of people a little bit of inspiration. And now that we've got all your ears perked up out there, let's talk a little bit about how this actually translates into the world of both employment and entrepreneurship. So when we talk about personal brand and Sierra's given you a little bit of a uh, a, a preview on this, but there's like news pl- news flash for those of you that are sitting out there going, I am a human who works for a company. I don't need my own logo. A brand is so much more than a little piece of artwork. And I want Sierra, you to go be educator for a minute, put your teacher hat on and fill us in on what a brand is, what a brand is not, and why it's just as important if you're an employee as it is to an entrepreneur. Ooh, I love it. Okay, teacher hat, putting on. Imagine everyone. Okay. What a brand is, why it is important, no matter your career direction, employee, uh, traditional career. Yes. So very important. Your brand in a nutshell is how your audience perceives you. Now, right there, when I say audience, some people who are not entrepreneurs, not direct selling to the masses will think, wait, 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 do I have an audience? Yes, you do. Your audience is all the people who know you, right? I am in Angie's audience because I listen to your podcast. If you're um, in a traditional corporate career, the peer colleagues, the people who you work with, your network, they are all your audience. And so you have an audience, whether you know it or not, and... <laughs> this might scare yes. you. You have a brand, whether you know it or not. And so and this, this is very, very true for those of you in the employment world, because if you're an entrepreneur and you own a business, you tend to be more aware of the fact that you need a brand and you need to put some sort of brand out there, whether it's well thought out, intuitive or not yet is the question. And we're going to get more into that. But at a fundamental at the fundamental level we all have a brand and it's because a brand is more than a logo that we have one whether we know it or not so the easiest and scariest way to think about what is my brand is what do people say about you when you walk out of the room exactly your brand think of it like your reputation in a traditional sense, your reputation, exactly like you said, what are people saying about you? And also more importantly, I even feel, what do you make people feel? 
We all have friends, acquaintances, that when they walk into the room, you just smile. You're like, oh, hey, it's Angie, or it's so-and-so. I'm so happy to talk with her or listen to what he has to say because they make you feel happy, they make you feel at peace. And then we all have the opposite. Have people that walk into the room and you go, let me check my phone. And you just kind of naturally disengage. Guess what type of brand you want to have for your audience? We say personal brand, and it's a little bit of a misnomer because really in the context that we talk about it in the career world, it's a professional brand. But mm -hmm. I would even go so far to say it does bleed into your personal life because the friends in the room or the colleagues in the room would you you kind of want everybody to say the same things. And while you may not know what they're saying, you also have influence over the brand they feel and and perceive if you're intentional about it. So here we go. This is getting into some of your special sauce, Sierra. What is your take on branding and what makes a good one? Because I know you have a philosophy here about that kind of one thing that makes a good personal brand. So fill us in on your secret. Oh, yes. Personal branding, in, and in my special sauce, particularly, Angie, if anyone's curious, I focus on helping those business owners who have a personal brand. So that means not a business like McDonald's, where you just think of, you know, the business, the corporation, but a business like my own, Sierra Lynn Design, where you, my name's in the title, and you think, oh yeah, Sierra does websites. That's my special sauce, secret sauce there, which does translate so well into professional brand, because in your professional brand, same thing. It's thinking about you, your audience, your network is thinking about you and the effect you have on them, what they say about you when you're not in the room, if we wanna go with that. Now, I believe in personal branding. There are five key elements of personal brand magnetism. And personal brand magnetism, when I say that, I'm talking about your ability to attract your dream people. For my business owners, that is your clients and customers, your dream people, ideal client avatar if we want to go old, old school marketing, right? But in your professional brand, that's people that you want to network with your potential employers, your colleagues, your collaborators, all those people that you want to attract to you like a magnet. That's what I mean by magnetism. Honing into that personal brand magnetism is going to bring you the most success with your personal brand. Oh, I'm going to, I love lists of things. So we're going to talk about the five. I want to talk about the five if you're willing to go there, oh, but I want oh, to make yes. a point. So I must be an old school marketer because when I coach my entrepreneurs, I talk about knowing your niche and the avatar that it is. So I mm -hmm. must be a little old school, but it, that is the audience. And so the fundamental thing everybody out there should know as you are in the classroom of Sierra and Angie today, I love that we have the teacher piece yes. to like fall back to, but, but it, that you have to know who you're trying to speak to as you craft a brand to ensure that it aligns with it. And it doesn't have to be overly complex. In fact, Sierra's point of view is that it actually, we try to make it too complex, but you kind of have to know, okay, well, here's who I want to appeal to so that I can develop a personal brand, especially in the employment market that kind of aligns with it. So once you all have that foundation, you can use the five magic steps to magnetism. So Sierra, what are they? Yay! And this is definitely everyone who's a teacher in the audience is going to go, oh my gosh, yep, teacherism, because we've got a little list here because that's how I remember things. And that's how I teach to remember things. I will say though, Angie, before we dive in, I 100% agree with you on your niche and focusing on your target market, your ideal people. I always preference whenever I say ideal client, because so many of the people I serve are very, very burned by worksheet after worksheet of ideal client avatar. 
our entrepreneurs know what I'm talking about. It's like, I have done so much work trying to nail this down. And you're right. It doesn't have to be so complicated, but it is so critical still that we do that work. And uh, I may be an offender who has not only done the worksheets, but created them and given them to people. However, they are they are simpler than a lot of them. And so, okay, so once you know that niche, how do we attract them? Yes. So the five personal brand magnetism secrets or the five V's, I like to call them like the letter V, are vision, your vision, vulnerability, your brand vulnerability, visuals, voice, and visibility. And we can dive into all of those. (laughs) I love when I get to do this kind of stuff. It's even good for me because it's I have, you know, I have perspectives on all this, but it's always fun to see somebody else's kind of point of view and approach. And there's a couple kind of interesting tidbits on here. And it's and it's funny because one of the things I wanted to get into uh, because we're going to dig into these five a little bit. One of the things I was going to ask you was what advice do you have for somebody who's trying to figure out their brand? Well, this would be the advice segment of exploring these kind of, I would say, five five steps so let's let's talk about somebody who's more on that career path and they want to figure out like what kind of brand do I do I have or do I want to have? How do they deploy the vision piece? Beautiful. I love that. And yes, these are the five things. What five steps? These are your five steps. And the reason I have the five steps is if we look at it just as one overarching huge to do, like develop a magnetic personal brand. Yay, go. That's overwhelming. There's a lot that goes into that. Yeah. So exactly. That's exactly like you said, Angie, these are the five steps to do. So for vision, our first step for someone who's developing more of a professional brand, what we want to do is develop both an outward and an inward vision for your career. My entrepreneurs in the house, they would be developing an outward and inward vision for their business. Same idea for your career. Outward and inward is what I call the two dimensional aspects of a vision. A lot of people call this your why, and this is not a new thing that I dreamt up. This is your uh, brand story, your vivid vision. There are so many ways this is talked about as a plan, an intention, a mission, but it is intentionally number one of the steps because we need this first. It's not only gonna keep you motivated as you reach your career goals, as you build the rest of your brand, but we're gonna use it to inform all the following pieces of personal brand magnetism. It's the, I think the why is probably the most common thing. Everybody out there just went, oh, okay, aha, I have it. But Mm -hmm. it's, in a way, Mm -hmm. it's your roadmap because you, Mm -hmm. you can get in a car and ask Google to tell you to go somewhere, but you're not going to get somewhere if you don't kind of have an idea of, of what that destination is. And so this is kind of giving you that destination. And while it doesn't have to be a specific set of coordinates, it's a general direction that you're moving and kind of like drives drives everything else behind it. And for those of you out there who've kind of like coached with me or gone through job search strategy with me, this is what's really interesting is these five steps actually probably very well align with a lot of like the steps of a job, my job search strategy. But I tell people all the time, lack of clarity in a job search is more detrimental in a bad resume. And this is because you don't have a vision of where you're going. You can't create the roadmap and you can't align your brand and probably coming in part three visuals to align with it. So There's uh, my toe-to-toe soapbox on why number one vision is exactly where you start. I am really curious to get into part two, which is vulnerability. Yes, vulnerability is 
what it sounds like, how vulnerable you are with your audience, with your network, with what you are sharing out there. Angie, I know you do a lot of amazing work with LinkedIn, whether you're showing up on LinkedIn or other online platforms or in person. It can be in real life, like what you're talking about when you're at a job interview. What pieces of your story that is vulnerable to you, your authenticity do you share, and what pieces do you not share? There's actually a specific um, way to think about this, I call it filling vulnerability, which is the type you want to share, and draining vulnerability. Draining is in like, uh, like draining energy that you don't want to share in this regard. Now, this is different than when we think about being vulnerable with like our best friend, our family, because then we're totally openly vulnerable. Whereas we've all seen situations where it felt a little off, someone was too vulnerable in their brand, but also we've seen situations where someone just feels fake because they're not vulnerable at all. We have to strike that perfect balance of what vulnerabilities, what brand vulnerabilities will you share and you will become known for that are powerful, that are magnetic, and what will you not share? This is being a human, everyone. And I 100% agree. And actually, Sarah, you said you said a few things in there that really aligned. So when when you said what's a filling vulnerability and a draining vulnerability, when I do interview prep with people, what I tell them is we have stories and you're you're not going to the court. You don't have to tell the whole truth and nothing but the truth. You do have to tell the truth. Sometimes we just dress it up with a pretty bow, fill it or truncate it slash don't get into the drainage. But being human and being authentic is what changes your perception of people, makes you memorable and makes you magnetic. Exactly. Without vulnerability, you can't be magnetic. We crave authenticity. We do. There's a lack of it because of all the wonderful technology pieces we have online, which I think Facebook. Is, I say that not not sarcastically. It sounded sarcastic, but as a web designer, right? That's my bread and butter right there, online technology. But it's brought up this whole new dimension because we can choose how vulnerable we are in such a, a more specific way. And you're right, Angie, you must be vulnerable to magnetize people, to connect with people. That's always been true. But like you said, sometimes we fill it. Sometimes I like how you said it truncate. It's being selective and choosing in a way that's going to serve your vision. Which then gets us into visuals. So we know what we're shooting at. We have our roadmap. We know what human elements we're bringing into that kind of how we're articulating what we have to offer. But now we have to present it through visuals. And this looks different if you're an employee or an entrepreneur, but I'd love for a few tidbits on point three. Yes. Well, I love how much it seems at first that it's going to be different for an employee and entrepreneur, but then it's actually not when you get to the heart of it. For example, the visuals I teach to an entrepreneur is things that you think of right away. What's your website look like? What are your brand colors? You know, what are the things you post on Instagram? But just as important, and we're going to use the same key elements to help with how do you dress? What do you look like? How do you walk into a room? What expression do you have? How much makeup do you have or not have? All choices that you make that influence your magnetism and are specific to you. The same key element I teach is choosing a visual essence. Sometimes we get overwhelmed with, well, there's a million different shirts I could wear, Sierra, and how I look, or am I too excited looking? Am I, how am I sitting in the chair? Like, there's so many details you can go into. So I hone it down, simplify it by visual essence, which is what do you want people to feel? I'll give an example, because easiest if we see examples. For my brand, I want people to feel energized. I want my people to feel energized. That influences everything from how I talk 
from the posts I put on Instagram, the colors on my website, all of it. So I always go back to that simple question. Is this energizing my audience or is it not? I love marketing. And even though it's not the business that I'm in, if you own a business, you're a marketer. Uh, and I like part of me wants to go down brand color theory rabbit holes right now, but it's just not the right way to go. But it's it is very true. And we do we do web design for for clients as well. And one of the first things that we ask people is how do you want how do you want a web visitor to feel when they come to your site? And a lot of that is felt in colors. And here's where I'm going to connect this to kind of like if you're interviewing or you're a job seeker, you're like, wait. A resume hasn't come up yet in the visual. It is one of your visuals. It's the equivalent of an about page on a website if you have a business, but it is it, it is not your whole brand. If anything, it's a, a, a just a small portion of it because the purpose of a resume is to get to the interview and the interview is where your full brand comes out. And a resume has to reflect that just like a website has to reflect what an entrepreneur has to offer, but it's just the entry point into a sales cycle just like the resume is the entry point into an interview slash sales cycle. And from there, you want your presence to echo what they think they've seen on paper, but that's really where it gets to come alive. And if you have no clue how to start with any of this, I'm a big fan of core values and looking at what are your, what are your core values as, as a starting point? Yes, that's an excellent thing to do. The reason you would go into core values and figuring out your visual essence, it's to simplify. It's to make your decisions easier, lacking that decision fatigue that we have. A silly example that I just have to give, which is even sillier because we're on a podcast and people can't see us and I'm in no way a stylist, but I do have to uh, reference it. It's early my time this morning and as I was getting dressed before hopping on our chat with you, Angie, the first sweater I picked up, it was black. I looked at it and I thought... I love black, it's comfy, put it back. I'm wearing something bright red. Is bright red one of my brand colors? No, it's not. But it matched my simple decision of which one's more energizing, which matches me and how I wanna present myself. Hey, the bright red sweater. Love it. All right, so now let's talk about voice. Yes, let's do it. Voice is where we come into your audience, your people, your niche, your target market. Because the when I say voice, this is all of the words that come out of you. That could be speaking, that could be the written word. So the words on your resume, the words you speak at a job interview, the words you speak when you're networking, all of the words written or spoken. This needs to be all focused around your target people. And specifically, I would say not just your target people, your target audience, but their pain points and their pleasure points, because that is the only way they will remember you. That is the hook if you dig into and be focused on always addressing your target market's pain points or pleasure points. Everybody who is in any of my business masterminds right now is going, am I talking to Angie? Like you actually say, <laughs> I tell people all the time is you have to like, you have to appeal to the pain points, sell solutions. Don't, don't go try to find a problem to your solution. Go make your solution and answer to somebody's problem they already have. And here's the thing. If you're job searching, you are the solution to an employer's pain point. And you have to address that and show how you can also then create pleasure. So like, for instance, very simply on a resume, we talk about how you've solved problems, but we have also talked about how you've generated results. So like if you're in sales and you're in your growing I was just writing a sales resume before we started talking, Sierra. So this is what's fresh in my mind. It's kind of perfect. But, uh, you know, on one token, 
uh, the guy I was talking to, I was writing about improved, improved like a sales model to impenetrate the market better. So solved a problem. And then in another job, he increased the value of a portfolio by 20%. So he appealed to the pleasure point of a company making money. And on a business side, you can do the exact same thing with how you message your services. So a little bit of the voice is also messaging and aligning that messaging to the words and problems your audience has. But you also want to, to bring kind of number two in, be authentic in the voice that you use to convey that message so that it's still unique to your brand. Exactly. See how they all blend together so seamlessly, really? And it's going back to the vision as well through all of them. But yes, voice is your messaging, tying it specifically in to your target people's pain and pleasure points, because they'll remember you with that sales resume. They want to avoid the worst case scenario there. And they want that beautiful desired result of increasing sales. This is really fun. I could do I could. This could be like a three hour podcast. So we've arrived at number five, which is kind of where it all comes together. And that's visibility. Yes, and I was specifically so excited to talk with you, Angie, about visibility because I just love how you share about this for your job seekers. Visibility is about making sure people can find you, which if they can't find you, right, then they're not going to know about any of the other beautiful pieces that we worked on and put together. They're not going to know about your vision. They're not going to hear your voice. They're not going to see your visuals. They're not going to get to know you through your vulnerability. So you must be visible. You must be visible. And this means... And my first step in visibility is choosing your platform of authority. That is the term I use to pick a single traffic source or location platform space. It can be an online space or an in-person, quote unquote, real life space that you are going to focus your time and energy on. Because if you try to be everywhere, guess what? You're going to exhaust yourself and you're not going to have a big enough impact to stand out. So examples, this could be LinkedIn. This could be in-person networking events. This could be a podcast. This is choosing your one place that you're going to focus the majority of your time and energy in. And if you know your audience, you know where that audience hangs out and therefore the channel that's going to give you the best bang for your buck as far as investing time into that channel. But you're 100% right. If you If you try to do all the things, you're going to exhaust yourself. And at the same time, if you try to be what's that saying? If you try to appeal to everyone, you end up being nothing to no one. If you try to be everything to everyone, you end up being nothing to no one. And I think that that's a, a, appropriate for every. And, and that's why it, to, to kind of bring us full circle at this point. I think a personal brand, no matter where you are in life and career, is important because it helps you align with who you want to resonate and who you intentionally want to bring into your personal or professional circle. Exactly. And you hit the nail on the head, just like when you said, Angie, that looking at where your person is, where your target market is, that's how you find your platform of authority. You're not picking one randomly. You're not picking one because Sierra said so or Angie said so. I actually teach a a rating metrics where you put all the potential ones out there and you rate them. And the two things you rate them on are, is your target market there? Are they present on that platform? And your natural ease, comfort with that platform. I often talk with many clients who they heard that their sister or their coach just is rocking it on YouTube, but they hate showing up on video. And maybe their people are on YouTube because a lot of people are on YouTube, but is it going to be worth it? Their people are probably somewhere else, right? We have to do that rating. We have to do that um, research and that looking to figure out, is this going to be the best bang for your buck or the best value for your visibility? I had a coach say to me yesterday, we were talking about 
content creation and different channels that, that to focus on. And she said to me, what if you hate video? And my response was then don't do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's not worth doing something you hate. Especially because it just it would take so much energy. And I know people out there just went, wait, what? Video is like the number one thing right now. Yeah, but it isn't it. it it's not going to resonate because it isn't going to feel authentic if it zaps your energy to go and do that mm-hmm. kind of thing. So, again, I think this comes back to the authenticity and being willing to be vulnerable in the right ways. Exactly where you choose to be visible. Remember, you're showing up with your vision, your vulnerability, your voice and your visuals. And if you the effort of simply learning the platform or showing up in that way that makes you uncomfortable is high enough, like uncomfortable enough, it's going to sap all those other areas and you're not going to be magnetic. So why are you wasting your time and not enjoying it when you're not going to actually attract people to you? And I think the big message is we kind of like summarize these five these five points. And Sierra, I know you have resources for this and I want point people to them is Yeah. Okay. There's a five point breakdown here that we just talked about for 10 to 12 minutes, but it also isn't super complex and hard. A lot of this stuff already exists in you and is already present. It's just about you being intentional about articulating it. Exactly. This is not meant to be something new that you think of like, oh, now I've got to make my visuals and my voice and pick a visit. No, this is just identifying, writing down, putting it on a sticky note in your mind. If you're that organized, keep things in your mind. But me, I've got to have sticky notes of where, what are these pieces going to be for me? What are these choices going to be so that you can have that roadmap? Mic drop. (laughs) I love it. Yes. 100% (laughs) right. And that's where, you know, Sierra talks a lot about in her materials, like intuitive brand. And that's what I believe it is. It's just being it's it's it is thinking through who you already are and how that therefore could potentially be articulated. And I think it's also very empowering to go through this process to say, like, who am I and who who am I and how do I want to show kind of show up to the world and and taking almost a little bit of control about, uh, you know, around that is is really I'm a, I'm a big fan of like building confidence. It's actually one of my core values. And this is a really good exercise in kind of building confidence. And so I encourage you, even if you even if you're an established business owner with a brand or you're an employee who's really comfortable in where you're working, I would say this is a great exercise to go through just to not only think about, like, how are people perceiving me, but am I in alignment? And it's a really good, empowering confidence, kind of kind of confidence inspiring exercise, no matter kind of where you are in your career or or your business. Mm -hmm. A huge piece that I teach with all my clients is aligned authority marketing. And that means not only are you showing up as an authority that magnetizes your people, but it's in alignment with you and it resonates with your ideal people because there's no way to really have that magnetism if you're out of alignment, right? If you go out and find, you know, the best brand designer in the world and you say, make me a beautiful brand, they will make you something beautiful, cool even, but is it going to be aligned? I believe there's power in doing that intuitive piece yourself. And by intuitive, I just mean looking within you taking ownership of the brand you're creating. Exactly. And uh, speaking of you and your brand, you have some really kind of fun resources. I, As part of your brand, I love what you call things. I think my favorite is a scrappy business owner's guide to DIYing a polished brand. Uh, but give us a kind of a shameless plug. How do people tap into what resources do you have, especially that pertain to kind of this conversation? Um, and how and how do people kind of grab all of this stuff? 
Oh yes, I'm a huge fan of resources, helpful tips. Again, putting on my teacher hat, you're gonna get the trainings, you're gonna get the worksheets, the multidimensional. When I go free resource, I go all out. So you need to grab, if you're listening to this and you're thinking personal brand, professional brand, you need to go to makememagnetic.com, all one word, makememagnetic.com. That's gonna give you access, full access to the free My Marketable Magnetism Challenge, which is everything Angie and I have talked about, but with examples, details, so that you can do this for yourself. Again, it's not difficult. It's not like, oh, I gotta make all these things. It's being intentional. It's gonna walk you through that process of intentionally putting out your personal brand magnetism. Do you seriously own the URL makememagnetic.com? Oh, absolutely. You know how some women buy shoes, which is fabulous and I love it? I buy domains. It's a problem. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. (laughs) I wish you could have all seen the video reaction when she started, because I used to buy shoes. My mom is laughing right now. Uh, However, I now buy domains. As soon as I come up with an idea, I go make sure the URL is available. And if if that .com is sitting out there and it does not cost $5,000, I am going to own it. Exactly. I give my family members for Christmas their domain name, like their first and last name dot com. No, you don't. Because everyone should have that. If you don't have that, go do that. <laughs> it's fine. Oh my God. Everyone there, okay. needs that. There's your number one action item. Actually, and, and you just got a huge resource for for uh, for the end of the year when you can't figure out what to buy somebody for Christmas. Buy them their domain name. That's actually a really fun idea. It's actually a fun gag gift because then if you own it, you can put like a funny meme on there. So I got my brother's um, domain name and then put like a cute little meme of some hamster on a skateboard. And I was like, hey, Google yourself. (laughs) And side note, there's a way to be fun with your personal brand. I love it. Exactly. Yes, people are going to remember it. And speaking speaking of like URLs and domain names, I want to how does everybody find you? So you gave us. I think one great pointed resource associated with everything that we talked about, but I would love for, for you to kind of give everybody a a snapshot on how they follow you, how they get all your great resources, tune into all the hamster memes. How do we follow along in you and your journey? Yes, I am all the places at Sierra Lynn, L-I-N design. So sierralindesign.com. You can find me on Facebook, on Instagram, on LinkedIn, all the places at Sierra Lynn Design. And I would love to say hello and connect, whether it's sending funny hamster memes or chatting about our addiction to domains or giving tips on personal brand magnetism. Like if you're stuck in any of the tips Angie and I talked about, I'm a teacher. You've got a teacher that's an open book and you can pick her brain to message me anywhere. I'm happy to chat more. I love how that all wraps in and ties in. And I and I also love that we got to give teachers out there who think about transition a little inspiration with a success story. But it, I also love that the teacher in you comes out in the way that you approach kind of your marketing coaching and marketing consulting. So this has been so fun. I love that we gave everybody a really cool, actionable framework to start thinking about personal branding because I'm I'm huge in like tactical, practical kind of stuff. So uh, this was absolutely perfect. And I'm sad that we have to wrap things up, but we're going to do it. And I have a feeling this is not the last you've seen of the Sierra and Angie show because I already have some ideas, everyone. How's that for a teaser? But as we close things out, Sierra, I would love to leave everybody with kind of one final piece of inspiration as we help people combat the Sunday scaries and like Mondays a little bit more. You know, how have you embraced your career to have a better Monday? This is a huge topic that actually first attracted me to the show, Angie, 
was how do I remake my Monday? Because it used to be chaos, wanting to do all the things all of a sudden. So now I approach Mondays with mindfulness and intentionally making time for self-compassion and self-care. That looks like blocking out huge chunks of my schedule to take a walk, to do yoga, to read a book, to get a massage, something that is intentionally feels selfish and wonderful. Well, it also gives you something to look forward to on Monday versus how so many people dread Mondays. That's a really smart piece. And you actually said something at the very beginning of the show that you just echoed. And I want to point out when I when I asked you about, you know, kind of how you tactically transitioned from teaching, your first response was I gave myself some grace. And you just kind of said that again with giving yourself like some compassion and love. And I think all of us, especially women, are not very good at that. And we're really hard on ourselves. And if you give yourself some grace, a lot of possibilities can can open up because you're not putting so much pressure on outcomes. And I think it's a great perspective to have on Mondays and on life in general. Definitely. A hundred percent. It's still a learning process, but it is so, so important. I love this, Sarah. You have been such a amazing guest as far as like different bits of really practical information across, I would say across the board that a lot of our listeners can use. So whether you're a changing careers specifically from the classroom or otherwise, there's something here for you. Whether you're job searching or you're employed, there's something here for you. And if you've got a business, we're just scratching the surface when it comes to that kind of stuff. And I have a feeling that is another soapbox that two people with never ending opinions can get on all things business marketing. So who knows where this relationship is going? But Sierra, I am so glad you were here. Thank you for sharing your wisdom and being in your own vulnerabilities with us. I'm so glad that you are now part of the No More Mondays movement. Thank you so much, Angie, for having me. It's been a blast. This was super fun. We always love hearing from people who have successfully navigated career crossroads or in Sierra's case, career changes and charted a path to success. And when it's somebody who's helping others do the same, it is even a huge bonus. So I hope you all got some great takeaways. I hope you uh, wrote down the five frameworks for great personal brand. I hope that you will go visit Sierra online and grab her great resources. And I hope you will leave us a five-star rating because it is amazing help to us as we continue to share these kinds of stories and inspire confident professionals everywhere to reach your potential. If you want to grab the show notes and all the links from today's show, leave us comments, feedback, or drop a guest suggestion. Visit us online at nomoremondays.info and we'll see you again next week for another episode. Thanks for joining us for another episode of No More Mondays. Tune in next week as we bring you more insights and actions to help you improve your professional life and find career satisfaction. Don't forget, visit us online at nomoremondays.info for all the details, show notes, and recommendations from this episode. No More Mondays, we drop new episodes every Wednesday. No More Mondays is brought to you by Career Benders Inc. in partnership with executive producer Jane Durkee. For more information about career coaching, resume writing, personal branding, recruiting, and entrepreneurship coaching services, visit our website at careerbenders.com. 